The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Empower yourself and get inspired to build the life of your dreams. Welcome to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. Welcome to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. I am super excited to have you join us today while we do what we always do Monday at this time. We explore the concept of living a life of peace every day. Peace defined as wholeness, completeness, nothing missing, nothing broken, totality. Now, there is a lot going on in the world right now, and I know that it may not be as easy as it is on some days to visualize you in a state of peace, wholeness, completeness, nothing missing, nothing broken, totality. But I'm here to tell you that, yes, even today, even today, peace exists for each and every one of us. And so, yes, it's possible. Yes, you deserve it. Yes, we can achieve it. And that's what we strive to do together on this show is to bring the topics and the guests to partner with you as you create your life of peace every day. And today is no exception. I am super excited to say that today we have a fabulous guest. We have fabulous guests all all the time. And, you know, I don't believe in randomness in in the universe. I know that even when things look like they're chaotic and out of order, there is order in the universe. And it is not by happen chance that we have today Christine Upchurch, an award winning leader, a best selling author. TEDx speaker, workshop presenter, vibration of change creator. That just touches my heart on so many levels. i got to say it again. A vibration of change creator and coach, spiritual myth buster, healer and host of a syndicated radio talk show in its eighth year. Christine has been featured a featured guest on radio shows across North America. She's here with us today, and she has taught thousands across the globe. Christine is passionate about helping empower others to shift their perspective so they can embrace a more expansive way of living, even today, with all that's going on. Legendary human potential leader, Dr. Jean Houston, calls Christine a midwife of souls. That phrase just gives me so much comfort. Welcome to the Everyday Peace Show. We're so happy to have you, Christine. 
I'm so grateful to be with you, Drayvon. And, um, you know, I, I, I loved having a conscious conversation with you on my show. And I'm so grateful that we're getting to continue such a conversation in these times. Yeah. This is amazing to have you here. And I want to say we are living in interesting times. Mm-hmm. We're living in interesting times. And it's an opportunity. I really, I really, I enjoy your work so much because um, you speak <laughs> to my heart in so many ways. One of my foundational, I say, knowings in my life with everyday peace is that everything that shows up in our life has the potential wants to bow down and serve us as we consciously create the life of our dreams. And that means our state right now, whatever the emotional state, whatever the energy that we're feeling right now, now these energies, this, these emotions have come to service to tell us something about ourselves, to give us some deeper connection about ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so I want to start, because I know you, and I, I'm in love with everything that you do, but I want to start and sort of back up in the beginning and just, Tell us how you came to your consciousness, where you are in your work. And, and yes, we're going to talk for, for our listening audience. We're going to talk about COVID-19 and, and our perspective and, and our peace in this moment. So this is going to be a really powerful hour. I feel so charged and energized. Right? But before we get into all of that, Christine Upchurch. I said your bio, but I really want our listening audience to just know where your passion is and where your heart is and, just get to know you a little bit. Well, first of all, I'm a former research statistician. I used to design and analyze clinical trials in cancer research. And, um, you know, if you Google my name, you think I'm two different people because ultimately I went into alternative healing and self-empowerment. But you see somebody who's co-author in these conventional, you know, peer-reviewed medical journals versus somebody who's doing what many would consider to be woo-woo work or fluff. But I think it's, they're all flip sides of the same coin. Um, but I had my own cancer scare. I had the early stages of lymphoma. And doctors had nothing to offer me yet. They said, we're eventually going to put you on chemo. And what they do is they put you on chemo the rest of your life. It's palliative, not curative treatment. And, but we're going to wait and watch because we, if we start it too early, it's going to shorten your lifespan. On average, it shortens people's lifespan. So there I was with a few symptoms, I felt good, but I, I had this fear over my head, like, oh, my goodness, you know, I, I might not have be able to have children. I might not live the life I wanted. I might have this horrible disease that I'm going to have to deal with. And, and here it is as evidence, you know, um, in my daily life. And so I began to explore, and this was back before shows like yours were on, before so many of the books in the bookstore were there. And I found my way to um, learn how to visualize. I started to heal my life in a variety of ways and see what was getting in my way of embracing wholeness and healing. And ultimately, to make a long story short, I healed myself without any medical treatment. Fast forward a few years, I decided to go into energy healing, and I ultimately um, did that and taught thousands. And and eventually, beyond that, I, I... you know, I, I really love working with people one-on-one, and yet I felt like I had something to offer people to give them the information and the vibration for them to shift their own lives. And 
um, kind of shifted in more into self-empowerment. So it's been my own kind of personal journey that has transformed into a professional journey as well. And my passion is to help people to align with themselves and step into what I call this, this sacred place called the vibration of change, which is that place where um, all that shifting to, to, to positiveness, all the, 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 the changes that we desire, the, the potential is in that kernel. And so that's kind of like my, my own history. Um, and that's where my pe- passion is at this point. Oh, I love that. And I got to say, I knew that you were in research. Um, I used to work in phase one research for many years. Uh-huh. And it's so, in- it's so interesting. You said the switch from science to woo-woo. And, uh, uh-huh. and although this has been part of my story forever, but uh, I-, I love the fact that what you just said is my foundational knowing of life. Is mm-hmm. you-, you were faced with this cancer situation and many people would say that, you know, oh, my gosh, and, and nobody wants to be faced with cancer. But here right. this was, this thing that seemed so ominous, so heavy, and it was all those things, and, and so life-taking, like it was here to take your life. But out of that yeah. was born something, like cancer came to bow down and serve you as you yeah. enter the next phase of your life. And no one realizes we don't see, you know, we're here, we only have enough light for the step that we're on. We only can see the cancer. Right, yeah, we can see yeah. the pain, but here you were. You from that birthed a whole another life experience. Yeah, right? and you know, Trayvon, it was it was interesting because years before, when I was um, towards the end of my undergraduate work, I was trying to decide whether I should go from being a math major into computer science, or if I should go to graduate school and study statistics, which is what I ultimately did. And I heard this voice loudly and clearly twice. When I was trying to make that decision, it was this disembodied voice that said, you're a healer. And I thought, that's so weird. There was nobody around. Like, what is this? And I thought, this is a very egotistical thing to say because, you know, for my mind to have imagined and I ignored it. And so I know that had I heeded that voice, you know, back in my early 20s, I probably wouldn't have had that cancer. But one way or another, you know, the the so-called mistakes that we make lead us to our path anyway. So it's all sacred. It's all divinely laid out. Regardless of the choices we make, we're, we're meant to get there. Oh, I, you know, I could just like put my arms around your neck right now because this is the story of so many people that I interview and also my, my same story. I knew my second year, I told my mom, my, it was my first year, second semester in pharmacy school. And I had already read the book, um, The Power of Positive Thinking, and I knew uh-huh. that I was meant to help people, but it was not in the way that I was speaking out. And something, I was sitting in a biology class in a lecture hall, and something said, get up and disenroll from this program right now. This is not what we want you to do. And uh, <laughs> and I've done it you know, practice for 30 years, and uh, but I know, I know like I know that had I listened, and, and I would not have had to go the long way home, so uh-huh. to speak. Still got there, still got there. But yeah. a lot of the things, you know, I developed an autoimmune disease and all these mm-hmm. other things uh, along the process of not going straight home, not going straight mm-hmm. to it. And, and like you said, you hear this, and it's almost like, I'm like, I can't quit this program. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's been there, you know, so, that. <laughs> 
Right. So, so you, you, you do all this, and I do want our listeners to, you know, there's so much. We could spend a whole hour just on that right there. Of course, we're not going to, but I do want to say this one other thing, too, that in your in your walk, and I don't just mean yours, Christine's, or yours, Drayvon's, I mean yours, the world, in your walk, your purposeful walk, whatever that is, it is so much bigger than just you. Right, you were able to heal your cancer, which made you a believer, right? So maybe on a physical level, you needed that to be able to say, oh, my gosh, you know, I now have proven to myself, right? The universe didn't knew that, need that because they already knew that, hey, that's what this woman is going to do. Right. But from, but from that point, right, this gift that you've been given was meant to serve. Every gift that we have is meant to serve. That's why we have these gifts. In some capacity, it's going to serve mankind. So let's get out of our own way. Let's, let's stand up and say, okay, I think this is what I'm supposed to do. And if it's not, then the universe will give you a nudge in the other direction because you really, as long as we stay awake and available to the universe. So I want to switch gears. I want to talk about... Um, before we get into the Mythbusters and all that stuff, I really want to talk a lot today about your um, shifting our perspectives, it, especially today. I, you know, I work in healthcare. You've worked in healthcare. I actually currently work full-time in a hospital, and there is so much emotion surrounding what's going on in the world today with COVID-19, coronavirus. There's so much panic and and uh, sadness and uncertainty. Mm-hmm. And I tell people, and it's all valid it's because we don't know, right? We, so it's not right. to judge. It's not, we don't stand in the place of judgment and say, oh, well, and I think I read something that you talked about, like anger, which I really, really love that whole thing about anger because, yeah, Anger is an emotion, <laughs> yeah. right? These are emotions, and we're meant to have the whole rainbow of emotion. But how, what is the process that that we could take to shift what what one would say is a valid emotion? You know, this is the, mm-hmm. I'm scared. I am yeah, scared. Yeah. And right. I, it's all it's all valid, and it all serves us. And I I really do think that we're at the stage of our spiritual and and physical evolution where we need to begin to better integrate the spiritual into the moment-to-moment um, aspects of our daily life. And so we're having to face um, the, the human aspects of ourselves, and that brings up the fear. Fear is probably the, the most reptilian part of our, of our you know, psyche, and, and bodies, and this is bringing up a lot of fear. I mean, we, we fear for our loved ones. We fear for ourselves. We fear for our society, and you mentioned grief, I think, when you were just talking about that, and, and I think that this is, that's a really important point because for me as a sensitive, I've been feeling collective grief for years, and it's, it's almost like um, if we don't process grief in our own lives when something happens, then it's always there under the surface and things can trigger it and it can cause us to, you know, misbehave or make bad choices to try to suppress it or avoid it. It's very healthy to process it. Well, right now we're in a situation where we have been um, facing some things and our government has, has been doing some things that breaks our hearts for many of us. 
And if we, and many of us just haven't been able to tune in and we think about those who have, you know, less and who are less fortunate, not being able to have access to healthcare. And I mean, it, it seems like the, the kindness that is in our hearts when we care isn't manifesting itself fully in our, in our government, in our societies. So it's kind of, this is all illuminating for us the dysfunction and our grief for experiencing it. And that grief, interestingly enough, in Chinese medicine, where you experience grief is in the lungs. Mm. Wow. Wow. And you know, I was grief and suppression. I I was um, sick for many years and I had a problem with swallowing. So I finally went to an acupuncturist and I had like a lump in the middle of my throat. It was what it felt like. And I couldn't uh-huh. swallow it, make me, make me short, short of breath. And um, there was a term for it. I can't think of it now. But it was associated with, in Chinese medicine, with um, suppression of grief and suppression mm-hmm. of, like, and, 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 and when, when the acupuncturist said that to me, it, I felt, my goodness, it's like I knew her for years because I'm a stuffer. I'm like, oh, you know, I'll get to that emotion later. Oh, I'll get to that emotion mm-hmm. later. There's work to be done. I'll be human later. There's work to be done. I'll be human later. <laughs> There's work to be done. And we can only live so long like that before the box gets full and starts mm-hmm. to 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 overflow. And I and I agree with you about this sense of fear, you know, and uh, the suppression of the or or I want to back up this for a second and talk about this kindness really. Because it's almost as though, you know how you watch maybe when you were younger, you'll see somebody who was maybe getting bullied, not really severely bullied, but not talked too nicely, and you want to speak up, but you don't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You want to say something, but you don't. And, it, mm-hmm. and we've become this society of just sort of glancing or, or casting our eyes down so we mm-hmm. don't say anything, so that yeah. we don't get overly involved. No. And, and the flip side of that is some people will get very involved, and I think being involved is, is helpful and acting is helpful, but they're involved in a way that's not compassionate. It's this polarization of of hate and otherness and tribalism as opposed to saying, okay, there's some really bad behavior here that we need to set boundaries about, but we need to have compassion about why this particular leader or why this community um, has gotten to this place. You think about the, the pain that that person has suffered in their life to, you know, to, to, to do the unkind things. And I think that we have to be able to come from this place of compassion as well, or, or we cannot heal the situation. Yeah, it's two extremes, right? You, you go to the extreme of, always, of almost becoming the thing that you're, accusing someone of already being you're, you're trying yeah. to use the same the same solutions right to solve the problem you're just becoming more of the problem and so what i hear you saying in, in everyday peace language is that love really is the answer right love mm-hmm. is the is how we shift everything and we use every emotion to reach love we use anger to reach love. Sometimes it's necessary. Sometimes we yep. use fear because that's what's showing up and it's saying to you hey this is so unfair Right. Nobody and, gets and it. I think I need to switch. Yeah. 
And you make such an important point. And, and I think that we always need to be reminded, most of us need to be reminded that that love isn't just towards others, that love and compassion needs to go toward ourselves as well, including during these times of, of stress and, and uncertainty and fear. Absolutely, because you cannot get water from an empty bucket, right? Mm, and so if you yeah. only if you haven't been pouring in this love to yourself, right? And I and I get this so much when I work at people and they'll say, Oh, I'm doing this to help this person, I'm doing this to and you could see and hear in their voice that they're so drained and they really have nothing mm. to give. And they are wondering, they're missed by the fact that no one receives their good deed the way they intended it. And I always say, now turn around. I'll tell you why they can't receive it that way. Because it came from a source that is dry. When you love yourself and you're juicy with love and overflowing with love, and then you do something. You could do the smallest thing. People are like, oh, yes. But when it's dry and it comes from a place of pain, it's not received with the same love and the same energy. So you have to. The airline industry says it first. You put your you put your, your mask on first. Right. You love yourself right. first. Right. Yeah. And then you give to the world and then you give to the other person. And I think that's one of the best ways to shift our perspective too is to say is to constantly ask, What is it that I need in this moment? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is it that I require in this moment? And really sit with that for a moment, to sit with that. And we're talking about being able to shift our perspective with um, in, in the COVID-19, and there's some very real things uh, uh, happening. I posted yesterday that I did something that I no, normally don't ever do. I wake, woke up on Sunday morning. There's no church because of everything that's going on. And I, the first thing uh-huh. I did was I clicked on my Facebook page, and there was a woman on there, you know, asking for um, warm thoughts and comments and conversation because her hu- husband had lost his job. They have a sick mm-hmm. child, and she was the only breadwinner, and she was just stressed. And I could hear all the futuristic pain and, you know, about the what ifs. The what ifs about mm-hmm. tomorrow, the what ifs, the right. what ifs, the what ifs. And I'm wondering, do you, in your practice and in, in your healing, do you have any tactics that would help people to stay in the present moment, to stay in the mm-hmm. now, even during these times? Well, I think that these times bring up a lot of fear, fear of the unknown, uh, fear of not having enough toilet paper, <laughs> fear of, <laughs> of, of getting sick, fear of... Um, not being, you know, financially able to, you know, make your rent or your mortgage or, you know, whatever, or fear of not being able to ever go back to your job soon enough so that you can, you know, stay financially solvent, whatever the fear is. And, of course, for the medical workers and people who work in hospitals, there's this very real real fear of if I do my job, is it going to kill me? So it's – I I think that there are a couple things we can do. On the one hand – there's that part of us that wants to control things so the unknown that we're afraid of doesn't happen. And I say, give it something to do. That piece of you that wants to control, it serves us, okay? So, you know, earlier I I was suggesting to people, go ahead and and make that list and schedule out when you're going to go get those things, those supplies that you feel like you need and so that you're stocked up. I, these days, it's like okay. Well, if if something you can 
handle brings you some sense of ease or joy or relief, like scrubbing your bathtub really well or organizing your medicine cabinet or cleaning out a drawer in your bureau, whatever it is that you can control to make, say, organized or fixed or or looking better, if it makes you feel better, then that will give that part of you that wants to control a sense of relief. Flip side of that, you also want to be able to open to the now. So getting out into nature, I know that there are many trails and stuff that are closed now, but even just walking down to your mailbox or stepping outside onto your balcony and just taking a few deep breaths, you know, breathing several times deeply can bring you into the now. Um, Drawing a picture or painting, you know, finger painting, something that is fun and creative can bring you into the now. Meditation can bring you into the now. Prayer can bring you into the now. Um, It's, what, whatever can sort of align you with the moment. Um, and if you're really, really stressed, sometimes bringing you into the now, something as simple as watching a funny movie or watching a sad movie that allows you to cry, but something that, that brings you into the moment. And so I really think that the, the control freak and the part that's open to the flow of the universe um, can make great partners. And so ultimately... If we satisfy each of them, we can integrate the two. So it's kind of like, okay, well, I had that list of supplies, but I wasn't able to find that one thing. Uh, Instead of stressing about it, I'm just going to be more in the now. And, oh, I just have a sense that if I drive to Walgreens now, I'm going to find that roll of toilet paper, whatever it is. And it it allows Mm -hmm. us to kind of integrate the two in a way that makes us more functional and more spiritually connected. Yeah, I love that. I love that because we work with the body. We don't resist it. Giving uh-huh. yourself, giving that, giving your ego a task, that energy a task. I used to say that when I first started meditating seriously, and, I, and I'm a fond believer that my life was moving so fast. I used to joke with everyone and say, I have to get myself together in the carpool line. That's when I do all of my stuff, you know, real quick and fast, because I got to pull it together real quick before these kids get in the car and bring the the whole universe back into alignment for me and my children. But one of the things that I always do is I got to work with the energy that I have, right? So, you know, if I need to give my mind, I started meditating, and I would give my mind a task when I meditate because it couldn't settle down. I would say, I'm going to close my eyes. And I want my mind to go find the light in this darkness. And it would work every time. I equals like, like a puppy. Oh, my gosh, I got something to do. You've thrown me a task. And it would allow me, it would, you know, stop abusing me for a moment and allow me to sit there where my mind went on this task to look for light and darkness. So I agree with that, with the physical body, is, yes, give yourself a task to do. You know, work with your body. Okay, you need something to do. Maybe it's, I had a friend who said, you know, I have I've taken my whole pantry, I've cleaned my whole pantry, I've always wanted to do that. And so I've done that over the long weekend, and it helped to ease that anxiety of staying in the house and not being out and engaged. And then nature is my number one. Nature, Uh you know, every morning I get up and I write an active gratitude list. And we'll talk about that just when we come back after the break. We're We're talking about staying in the now and maintaining our sense of wholeness during these challenging times, we have Christine Upchurch as our fabulous guest. We'll be right back after this message.
We're glad you found us. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Create and build the life of your dreams. Welcome back to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. Welcome back to Everyday Peace. We have Christine Upchurch with us today. And we're, we, just before the break, we were talking about shifting our perspectives during these very challenging times. First and foremost, honoring what we're feeling was so very important. Christine and I both um, could talk probably forever on that. Honoring where you are now, accepting where you are now, none of this beating yourself up, oh, I shouldn't be scared, I shouldn't be. What we feel is what we feel. We're not going to stuff those things down. We're going to honor where we are now, and we're going to work with our physical body to give it what it needs. We're going to work with our inner self to give it what it needs. And ultimately, doing this work, we're going to become a service to ourselves, a service to our people in our community, people that we're living with. Uh, we're just, this is how we're going to heal ourselves, heal our nation, by one person at a time. And I love, Christine said it best, is that you have to love on you first. You've got to love on you first. I know for many people that I've talked to, and maybe you have too, Christine, I've talked to a lot of people who are just not not that familiar with themselves. And they've had to spend mm-hmm. a lot of time with themselves over the last couple of weeks. And it's making yeah. them a little jittery. <laughs> have you experienced it? Yeah. yeah. People oh, you. yes. <laughs> and, and it's and it's actually a really good thing. I mean, our our natural instincts, um, sort of psychologically and physically as humans, is to try to avoid any kind of pain, right? And yeah. the discomfort that can arise from um, facing things like you know not getting to distract ourselves with our busy lives, or being you know home in a relationship that's dysfunctional, or um, you know having having to face our fears of illness, death, or fears of losing people we have attachment to, all that stuff's pretty doggone uncomfortable. And it's a great opportunity to sort of hone away to that, that, that place where it's just our deepest connection to self. And I use self with a capital S um, and know that on some level, you know, this is this is horrific. What's going on in the world and what's going on in our country. It's tragic. It's, it's, it's very sad, and I believe it could ultimately serve us in a very big way. There's so much dysfunction that's getting illuminated, and it's bringing forth compassion, ingenuity, um, and the thought of solutions for our future to shift things. But it's also, on a personal level, helping us to shift to see what's important in our daily lives. Um, okay, so maybe we don't need to, you know, run to the store every single day or um, just stop at Starbucks twice a day, whatever. It's like, how are we distributing our our time and utilizing natural resources, you know? Um, so it, it's it's helpful to get through that discomfort and yes. sort of see what's what's important. I, I love that. And, you know, when you were saying that, I sort of uh, it went back in my mind and just as you were saying that I could had this energy about me when you were speaking about how you healed yourself of cancer. And you mentioned at the very start, we came back from the break, that as humans, we want to avoid pain. 
Mm-hmm. That's natural instinct. But in order, to, and I would imagine, in order to heal yourself from cancer, you have to face that. You've got to stand face to face with it. And yeah. so here, here, here I am, and here you are, mm-hmm. right? And that is so challenging for people. I really want. I guess my my the big thing I want us to get so many things, but I really want us to get comfortable with those uncomfortable parts of ourselves. And mm-hmm. and learn to love ourselves right then and there. There are things in each and every one of our lives that we say, oh, I regret that. If I had known better, I wouldn't have done that. And all of those things make up a whole life, a whole journey. Yeah. We all have them. We all have them. And in this space of time where we do get to spend this time, some of it alone with family members, but take some time to really be able to face you. Mm-hmm. And in the facing of you, to love you and accept you just the way that you are. Right. Oh, my, oh my gosh. I want that for everyone. And, and I think that one of the things that many who've been on their conscious journeys are confused about right now is the fact that, first of all, all of our, our intentions and meditation and alignment with spirit hasn't fixed the world yet, right? So it's like things are broken. Um, but beyond that, it, 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 it's sort of like I think there are many who feel like we've shown up at this time for a good purpose. And in some sense, this doesn't feel like it should be it. And yet we're seeking some sort of meaning out of all of this and having to come to terms with the fact that this isn't exactly what we imagined. Um, and per- But perhaps we need to come into alignment with this surrender to what is and see, okay, what what are the what are the positive aspects of this, and how might this serve us, and how might this serve me personally? Because oh, you you are right there, and this is what I believe that everything that shows up in our life, everything, the good, the bad, and the in between, has shown up for one reason, which is to bow down and service as we consciously create, consciously walk into the life of our desires. But we've got, but it, it all hinges on this horrible word that we don't want to hear. It is surrender. Mm, it is yeah. surrender because we are, you know, especially those of us who've got a touch of codependency, right? We want to control uh-huh. everything. It's like, I'm safe yep. when I'm controlling it. Give right. me a second. I can figure it out. And, you know, yeah. and so and to stand and say, you know, I have no idea. I have no idea what's going on. But I, but I trust that whatever's on the other side of this mountain mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gonna be, is going to be all right. And, and, and even if we can't trust it, as you were saying at some point during our conversation, it's important to focus on the gratitude for what what is. Like for many of us, okay, so for right now, um, I've got a little bit of a sore throat and my, my chest is feeling a little off and I'm thinking I've been so, so very careful. And it's bringing up fear for me. And normally it'd be like, oh, whatever, you know, I'm coming down with something, I'm taking some extra supplements, no big deal. But it's helping me to face my fear. And it's the sort of thing where, um, I forget where I was going with this, it's, it's the, in this moment, okay, I can go to the future of all my fears or trying to envision the, the positive thing in the future. But right now, it's like, I feel pretty good. And I'm living in a nice warm house. 
Um, and I have, you know, my, my son's living with me and I've got three kitties, one of whom is on the other side of the door meowing. I'm, I'm hoping your audience doesn't hear it. <laughs> and, and, and I have plenty of food in my pantry and um, I'm feeling pretty good. And so today, in this moment, things are fine. In fact, things are wonderful. And I'm having this great conversation with you that's helping to expand my consciousness as well as those of your listeners. So, um, yeah, if we cannot look too far ahead and, and just trust because of where we're at in this moment, um, that, that that can be enough. Yeah, and I, I just want to say that for our listeners right there, that's where we all are as a people. This is where we are, and there's nothing wrong with where we are where we are in this moment, you know, every morning, and it's so funny that you mentioned about your sore throat, Miss Matt, and you're still grateful. This morning I woke up, and I, as I do every morning, I, I write down three things that I'm grateful for. And so this morning I, I was in a sound state of mind, I guess. I was grateful that I could hear this bird outside of my window that was chirping and singing, and I was so grateful for that. And I was so grateful for laughter because I remember laughing about something, but I don't remember what it was I was laughing about, but it was on my the laughter, the the feeling of laughter was in my heart, and my, so I wrote that down. But then I have um, typical times sometimes moving my legs that I was having this had a hard time this morning, and I became so grateful that even though my legs were not were feeling 100% okay, they weren't feeling 100% okay, I became so grateful that I'm standing up, look at this, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. And, and I was like, I'm not going to look down and see if they're swollen or anything. I'm just going to keep walking. But I, we become grateful for these things. We become grateful for in this moment, in this moment. The next moment will take care of itself. And maybe, just maybe, that is the lesson for all of us in this moment, what can we be grateful for, you know. Yeah. And so we're talking about – and. Uh, there's so many things right, that I want to get to before we before we end our time together, and we've got a good amount of time left. But I want to get to um, this book that you are, I guess, contributing a chapter to, co-authoring the downside of seeking, the downside yeah. to seeking. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I've been working on um, my own book called The Top Twenty Myths About Spirituality, and I had. A friend, um, somebody who's been on the show before, fabulous author, saying, you know, we're we're putting together a book that's looking at spiritual cliches. Would you please contribute? I'm like, no, 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 I'm too busy. Well, it, eventually she twisted my arm, and I'm so grateful because she's a <laughs> fabulous editor, and it allowed me to, to write my personal story. And it's called The Downside to Seeking. And I come to realize that, you know, spiritual seekers, those two words, Spirituality and seeking go hand in hand, and we we wear this you know spiritual seeker is kind of like this badge, and it's it's this badge of honor, and we're saying to the universe, bring it on, you know, we want this connection, and there are many things that are very positive about that, but there's a lot of dysfunction as well, and one of the things that's dysfunctional is we have tended to kind of shift to seeking things like a hunter goes after a buffalo, like this is what I want. And it, it can create all sorts of problems, and we can end up looking out of our, outside of ourselves for things. We can end up giving our power away. We can strive and struggle instead of surrendering and allowing. I mean, there are many ways in which it can, there can be dysfunction. And so in this chapter, you know, I wrote about my own personal story 
and and how this can lead to this great dysfunction. But one of the things that I was so fascinated by when I was writing this chapter, or when when I was originally researching it for my book, The Top Twenty Myths, um, I um, I found that okay, so I knew that there was some dysfunction associated with with seeking, but there was that phrase, "Seeking ye shall find" from the New Testament, and I'm mm-hmm. thinking, okay, you know, what is it about that? And all of a sudden, I got this intuitive hit to do some research about it. And so I did some research, and I found that when it was translated into the Bible was translated into English, it was that phrase was mistranslated. I kid you not, it was mistranslated. And it's not supposed to be "seek and ye shall find," but "keep on seeking and ye shall find." And and that may sound subtle in English, but the um, in the language that was translated from Greek. It's keep on as in, not over and over again, kind of like keeping going after that buffalo, but all the time. So what does it mean to be seeking continuously? Not continually, but continuously. It's the difference between a buffalo seeking, I mean, a hunter seeking a buffalo and a gatherer seeking something. So you think about like, okay, what do gatherers do? They go out and they have this this peripheral vision, this 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 general awareness, and they're seeking sustenance. And, okay, they may have a sense it's, it's berry season. They might be looking for those purple or red berries. But as they go about, it's like, oh, look, there are tender young greens over there. Oh, look, you know, there, there, there's apples on that tree. You know, whatever it is, something different. And if we can stop working so hard to go after exactly what it is we think we want, because it's often ego that's choosing what we're seeking, and instead saying, okay, well, I do want to seek that, and yet I'm not going to have a lot of attachment to that. I'm going to have this wider perspective that allows me to see what it is the universe is putting along my path that will provide me as good or even better sustenance. I love it. I, so, you know, and this is me here. I, I can remember hearing this in so many of my readings and talks that is that with visualization either, even you, you said, okay, this is what I would like in my limited knowing, right? Because I'm not all knowing, like, but in my limited knowing, this is what I believe is good for me. And so I get my picture in my mind and I purpose it in my heart and then I let it go. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. and it is the letting go of the process that says, "Okay, universe, you now I I am available for what you send to me. I'm not so dogmatic about this one thing because I don't know how how it's going to show up. You know, I don't know how yeah. how what, you know, and I, I don't know if I'm saying it exactly right, but I'm right on with what you say because." There is this constant believing that we're constantly seeking. We're, con- we're constantly looking outside of ourselves mm-hmm. for something, right? Right, right, right. And, and that creates a, a dysfunction too. Because if you, when you think about how we are born with five senses, and as well as our spiritual connection, our our intuitive connection, whatever you, you know, and it's all part of the same thing, I believe. It's that connection to all that is. Um, we don't go about seeking, like, how to taste, right? Okay, so maybe we'll go to a, a wine-tasting course that teaches us to, to learn the nuance of, of 
flavors and aromas. But really, it doesn't keep us from drinking a glass of wine with dinner. It's it's the sort of thing where um, we have become so obsessed with seeking that spiritual connection or seeking that thing we want to manifest that it comes with this great attachment instead of just sort of assuming that it's already there. And we're going to see signs. We're going to, you know, what's going to come along our path is ultimately going to serve us. And that sense of, of ease and allowing is the magic, what I call the vibration of change, which aligns us with the current moment of reality, which is where the positive change happens from. So it's, 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 it's a very different way of kind of looking at, um, you know, what it is we want to intend or how it is we want to connect. It's the experience. Oh, we got to talk more about this in just a second. I have a caller who's waiting, and um, I'm going to go to him because I love the idea. No one has to tell you how to taste. So, oh, it's this very, very deep, but very, very simple. What I call simple complex. So we're going to continue with that in just a moment. We have uh, our caller here, and I'm going to just bring him on. Okay, I think so. Hello, you're on the air. Thank you for calling in. Hi, hi. Great show, great show. Um, I know time is almost up, so uh, I have a question based on a statement you made, and then this is in relation to your guest. So uh, your guest has been talking about staying in the now, and I think that's great. But um, you also, Dr. James, made a point of facing yourself. So my question to um, your, your guest is how do you, when you face yourself, oftentimes you do that because you're facing some things about yourself that you don't like, maybe things that you've done to other people, you've hurt other people, and you have, um, you may have guilt about it, you may have remorse about it, may have a lot of things going on in your head about it. So you're trying to stay in the now because, you know, you're, you're often told not to beat yourself up about it, but if you are, have any kind of sense of um, humanity, you will feel bad about what you did. But mm-hmm. so then you focus on what you've done, but then you want to try to stay in the now. So I guess my question is, um, how do you do that? Like, how mm-hmm. do you stay in the now, but then also not feel, keep going back to what you did and how you hurt other people, and, and you want to try to make that right, but then you, I, I don't know. I mean, how do you stay in the now mm-hmm. and then still deal with, as Dr. James says, facing you? Yeah. Well, you know, um, do you have any, do you have any kids or nieces or nephews? Okay. You've got kids. Okay. Um, Have you seen your kids make lots of mistakes? Yes. Do you have compassion for your children when they have, when they make mistakes? Yes. Okay. And can you tune into the love that you feel for, you know, your children? Yes. Okay. Now, if you think of the the energetics of the universe supporting you, and you may call it God, you may call it the universe, you may call it universal intelligence, you might call it goddess, you know, whatever you want to call it, um, can can you feel that that energy is even far more loving than the love you feel for your children? Uh, absolutely. Okay. So there you go. You are a child of the universe. And you're here to make mistakes. And if you can give yourself even a fraction of the compassion that you feel towards your children when they make a mistake, it may help you to kind of come back into balance and find some ease over the mistakes that you made. And 
I think that oftentimes for me, I'm going to talk about myself personally right now, when I have a hard time forgiving myself for making a mistake, I mean, first of all, we can, we can do our best to make amends, but um, I think that somewhere along my path as a child, I learned, I, I, I sort of taught myself that if I'm not perfect, I'm not lovable. And that, that equation is a very dysfunctional equation because you're here and you are lovable no matter what you do. Even horrific things on the basic level of soul and human form, you're still lovable. So, you know, just beat in the now with what we don't love about ourselves, what we don't like about ourselves. It can be painful. And um, sometimes we just have to like check in occasionally at it, not, not focus too much on it. But see if you can have some of that compassion that you have for your children, for yourself. Okay. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you Another for great calling. Show, Dr. James. Yes, thank you. And thank you for being a regular caller. It's so much appreciated. You're welcome. Um, so we're, yeah, I love that advice. If, you know, if 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 our father or the universe um, loves us and we love our children uh, even a little bit, you know, which I think it's in the Bible it says, "Who amongst us will give our child a, a stone or a snake if they ask for a loaf of bread?" Nobody would in their right mind, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. we believe that we love our children so very much, but the universe, the provider, however you want to call it divine energy, divine spirit, God loves us even more than we love our children. So this this act of forgiveness, and, you know, as a, as a parent, we can forgive some pretty egregious things. We're like, okay, well, that's still my baby. <laughs> and that's how the universe feels about us. Okay, well, that's still my baby. But uh-huh. so we're talking about the downside to speaking, and I love how you say that, you know, what I hear, you know, when I translate it in my mind is that, we are already, everything is inside of us. Open up to the experience. Open up to the experience. Yeah. And the, I, the idea of no one's going to teach, no one has to teach us how to taste. Yes, you can perfect your ability to discern different elements of a, you know, bottle of wine and things. But the act of teaching, the act of tasting, we're born with that. It's basic, yeah. And, and you know, when we have children or we get exposed to young children, you see that there's so much in the now and they love themselves, you know, or, or think about your dog or your cat, you know, rolling over with a big fat belly. They love to have their belly rubbed and they have, they don't see that as imperfect. It's like they're just full of life in the now. And uh, somehow we kind of break from that and we start to think of ourselves as, loving being lovable only conditionally and uh, it it you know and and so we seek because you know for various reasons but part of what we're seeking is that connection to that love that you know yeah. your caller was just talking about that how do i have love for myself well that's one of the things we're we're seeking but it's already there and at one point in our lives we probably knew it i know there's some extreme situations with you know dysfunction in 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 early childhood with with uh parenting but i think basically we arrive here knowing how incredibly lovable we are and how incredibly connected we are and it's not connected to any of our accomplishments right it's not yes. connected to your 
to the titles and to the, you know, I don't know, I don't, the word Grammys comes to my mind. How many of us have those? <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's not connected uh, to that. It's just because you showed up to the party. You accepted the invitation of life. And, and I got to say this, how incredibly magical and mystical that we were all born, the chances of us being born and being at this, at this time together. Slim to none. We are all a miracle, mm-hmm. and we're all we're all so incredible, right? The way that we are. So you have this book, and, and I know we're almost out of time. We got about three minutes left. I want to talk about a little bit about how people can get in touch with you, how they can get access to you, and and your website and things of that nature. Yeah. Well, you can go to christineupchurch.com. That's C H R I S T I N E U P C H U R C H dot com, or go to top. 20myths.com, and it will redirect you. Um, there's, it's a sign-up for free bonus at the top of the homepage, and you can get the, the audio version of the chapter, The Downside to Seeking, uh, which gives you more details about the things that, that you and I have been talking about. And I'm also on Facebook, Christine Upchurch Professional Page. Um, I'm on Twitter, but it's, I don't really post too much at this point. I, I've gotten on there to follow some news. And uh, but really, Facebook and and my um, website are the best ways of connecting with me. That that's wonderful, and I and I would guess that you know a lot of seeking engagements have been halted for for a little bit. Not a lot of travel going yeah. on. Are yeah. you are you doing any type of posting? Can people connect with you there? Or anything? Yeah, going I would on? say. You know, um, I'm 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 feeling inspired to do more Facebook Live right now because I think that. People need the, the, the bird's eye view of what's going on right now. And although there's so much I don't know, I think that I can sort of go from the, my humanness and kind of take that bigger picture perspective and help people to cope a little bit more. And um, so that's a good way of connecting. And, of course, my radio shows every Friday at 11 a.m. And I put the replays on my website as well under the radio show page. Yeah, and I I really appreciate you for that too because I think what what we know right now and and I work in healthcare actively in this what we know right now we know and we all know mm-hmm. that this is a virus we haven't exactly seen a lot of this you know this particular strand before so it is evolving and I like to stay informed but I think this type of information that we really re- need right now is what you're giving us is a shift in perspective. Are really finding the gold that's in this moment because there is something tremendous here for each and every one of us. Yes, it's challenging times. Yes, we wish we were not involved in this, but we're here, and we're here to emerge changed. Mm. And and for that, I'm super excited that you were with us today. I'm Dr. Drayvon James. Our guest today has been Christine Upchurch. You, our listeners, are everyday peacemakers, and I thank you for being part of our audience. We'll see you the same time next Monday. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Are you looking for help on your path to healing? I'm Lisa Campion. I'm a psychic, Reiki master, teacher, and energy healer. On my podcast, The Miracle of Healing, I'm going to help you on your healing path. 
Listen to conversations with leading teachers in energy medicine, quantum healing, and people who have recovered from loss and illness. Whether it's to take care of your own healing or to help other people, this is the podcast for you right here on mindbodyspirit.fm.